Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Hear with me now the words of the Lord from the prophet Zephaniah. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgment against you and has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear disaster no more. And on that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hearts grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst. The Lord your God, a warrior who gives victory, he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time. And I will save the lame and gather the outcast. And I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. And at that time, I will bring you home. At that time, I will gather you. For I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. My friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, we come this morning with humble hearts. We come with jubilation in our spirit. We come with excitement in our lives. O Lord, as your spirit is poured out upon us, fill us with the joy of being your people. But as you fill our hearts, O Lord, with the joy of your spirit, fill it to the extent that we are propelled out into the world so that we might share that joy, not just as hearers of your word, but as doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. I have long thought that we can learn much about life if we just listen to children. If we just listen, because they have fresh eyes and a fresh way of seeing things that we just have grown accustomed to and no longer notice. Take, for example, this conversation that a mother had just leaving the carpool line at school, her child strapped in the back seat, and as they're pulling out on the main thoroughfare, the child says, Mom, is this a good time for me to throw my confetti? And she says, wait, what? He goes, yeah, I got confetti in my pocket. She goes, wait, 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 wait. Why do you have confetti in your pocket? The child goes, it's my emergency confetti. In case I see joy or something exciting happening, I've got confetti to throw. I mean, emergency confetti, who ever thought of that? I mean, I kind of want some in my pocket. I mean, the whole concept behind this idea of confetti is that we want to throw it when we celebrate something good, but to have emergency confetti means you're prepared in case you see something exciting, something that causes great joy. And if that's the case, then you reach in your pocket and you pull out the confetti and you throw it. 
Now, you may be surprised to know that the whole idea, the whole conversation around confetti comes up at least once a month in our staff meeting. We have decided amongst some of us that we should have a confetti cannon. Now, we don't yet. We're probably not going to get one anytime soon. But we keep thinking that a confetti cannon would be great, and we can think of all these scenarios where we could use it. For example, right before Thanksgiving, remember, we challenged the congregation to gather more than 250 bags of food for folks who were food insecure. So Meg tells me that loaves and fishes gathered over 255. Boom, cue the confetti cannon. Or maybe think about tonight's lessons and carol service, the music that the choir is going to provide for us. Boom, cue the confetti cannon. Or maybe that there are 28 youth in our confirmation program this year. That's worthy of a confetti cannon. Or today's sermon, that's got to be worth it at least, right? Or maybe the new adult Sunday school classes that we're going to be starting after the first of the year. All wonderful uses of a confetti cannon, something to celebrate. We need to live into the joy of life, I think. See, joy is at the heart of Christmas. It's a part of the Advent journey. And so as we make that journey, as we light the candles from peace, from hope to peace to now joy, that pink one sitting right in front of us, it reminds us that we've got to, we've got to celebrate the joy that the Advent journey brings to our lives. The passage that I just read from Zephaniah is one of those that is full of joy. And maybe that's the reason why we need to focus on that this week. Now, just a little bit of background. Zephaniah was a prophet during the time of King Josiah when the Israelites were in the midst of the Babylonian captivity. So, given this setting, you need to understand the first two chapters of Zephaniah talks about the present condition. Can I give you a hint? It's sort of think, think post-apocalyptic dystopian society. I mean, a setting where there is no hope, there is no peace, and there's definitely no joy. So if you're to open up the book of Zephaniah and read it this afternoon, let me tell you what chapters one and two are going to be like. Pretty grim. But then we get to chapter three. And, but hark, if you will, in chapter three, the tone changes completely. Think about what we read just at the very beginning of the text today. Sing aloud, shout, O Israel, rejoice and exalt with all your heart. I mean, boom, there's a confetti cannon, right? A reason to reach in our pockets and throw out all the confetti that we carry around with us. He says, the Lord will turn away your enemies. The Lord is in your midst. The Lord will renew you in his love. The Lord will save the lame. The Lord will gather in the outcasts. The Lord will bring folks home. Cue the confetti cannon. The whole text is full of joy and excitement because God is with us and God will save us is what Zephaniah is telling the people. So we have great reason this Advent season, great reason during Advent in general to think about how we use that emergency confetti we carry maybe. I mean, joy is here. It's in the very heart of what we celebrate this time of year. We celebrate that Christ gives us this victory over death. We celebrate that God is with us. We celebrate that we can live life without fear. And that's reason enough to throw confetti. For joy is at the heart of it all.
Now, admittedly, we all seem to like the Advent, the Christmas season. It brings out the best in us. For many of us, it's our favorite season because of all the cheer and the goodness, the decorations, the food that we shouldn't eat the rest of the year, but we really don't mind eating it for, you know, a month or two. Um, all of those things. We love the story of the babe in a manger. But I think it's the music that captures the essence of it all. I mean, the music is, where, is, is what focuses us. We, we love the music. I think the music is something we universally celebrate. That's why every pop, country, and rock star wants to cut their own Christmas album, not so much because they want to make a little bit more money or they think they've got a new take on Silent Night because they just love to sing the songs. I mean, this is a season when people who only sing in the car will actually sing in church. Boom. Cue the confetti cannon. You know what I'm talking about, choir? You hear them sing at you for once. Take the hymn that we started worship with today, Tim number 224. Good Christian friends rejoice. If you look on me on page seven in your bulletin, look at the words in that hymn. I mean, the first stanza, we rejoice because Christ is born. That sets the stage for everything. But in the second stanza, it starts to get very real. He hath opened heaven's door, and we are blessed evermore. And then by the third stanza, we now have the full picture. I mean, it's in real high def, 1080p. Christ was born to save. Christ calls us to his everlasting hall. Christ was born to save. See, our hymn that he tells us the story of why Christ was born and that that is good news for us. And if there was ever anything to throw confetti for in life, it's this reason right here, the joy of it all is that Christ is our victory, that he was born to save us and all of the world. Reach into your pockets and throw the confetti. But there's even more. Think about it. The prophet Isaiah, the prophet Jeremiah, and now Zephaniah, they talk about this idea that God is with us, Emmanuel. Don't take those words lightly. God is with us. I mean, there's something powerful. There's a very theological grounding to that statement. God is not merely just watching over us from afar, but that God is with us. Christ is with us, flesh and blood, fully human and fully divine. Zephaniah writes that God is in our midst, not watching over us from afar, not sitting on the sidelines of life, but God is right beside each and every one of us. No matter what we face, no matter the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, that God is with us right in the midst of whatever we find ourselves doing. There's great joy in that. Christ was sent to show us a better way of living. Christ understands our hearts. The great thing about Christ being fully human is Christ knows our condition, knows our anxieties, knows our fears, knows our worries, knows our shadow side. You know, that's the side of life that we really don't even want to admit to ourselves that exists. Those times when we get a little too self-centered, when we really don't want to admit this, but we don't care what other people think. We don't really want to care about other people. Christ knows what that's like, knows that human side, knows that fear, and Christ triumphs over it. And that fear, that shadow side, that's what's great about this, because despite all of our humanness, all of our peopleliness, 
Christ stands right beside us and never abandons us. See, the wit, the witness, the reality of all of that is that we are not alone. No matter what we face in life, and that in itself is worthy of confetti. But you take this idea of Christ coming to save and God with us, and we realize that the product of all that is, is that we can live life without fear. If Christ came to save us and God is with us, then we, we don't need to, to act recklessly, but that we can go forth life confidently that God will be with us, that we can live righteous lives, do what is right, even when it's not popular, and we can rejoice in God's presence and salvation. Because it's in those moments that our fears, our worries about what the world thinks about us when we do what is right, when we live the path that God wants us to live, they don't matter anymore. It doesn't matter when we're doing what God wants us to do. What matters is that we are on the path of discipleship. What matters is that we are following the will of God. What matters is in that moment that we know that we are not alone, that God is with us. And so we don't have to fear what the world may think of us or what the world may do to us or how the world may shun us. But instead, we can follow the example of the one who saved us. As I think this, I think about what Martin Luther King said to that church, the Mason Temple Church in Memphis. That night he gave these words. He said, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I have been to the mountaintop and I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountaintop and I have looked over and I have seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people, we will get to the promised land and I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I don't fear anyone or anything. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And that's enough. See, friends, there is a real joy in living that kind of a life. A real joy in living where we have been to the mountaintop and we've seen what God wants us to see. We know what God wants us to do and we want to follow that will and we will do it no matter what. There's a real joy about living a life without fear like that. And that's worth throwing all kinds of confetti. Because that joy, my friends, is at the heart of Christmas. Then we really dig deep into it. We dig past just the pageantry of it all. We realize what it means for our lives and how we are to live. That is the joy that we can live without fear because Christ saves us and God is with us. One of the songs that you hear on the radio this time of year, this time of year is called It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. And it really is. But I can tell you, I don't like the song. But I like the words. It's the most wonderful time of the year because when we consider what's truly at the heart of the Advent season, what's truly at the heart of Christmas, the hope, the peace, the joy, the love, we consider all of that. When we gaze upon those candles burning brightly in front of us, we begin to realize that there is much to celebrate and that we can throw the confetti 
Because Christ came to save us. Christ came to show us the way so that we could live without fear. And that's the good news for us and for all the world to hear. So my hope for us as a congregation, whether we're worshiping in this place or worshiping at home or somewhere around the world, my hope for us is that the joy that we take out of this service, that fills our hearts, that we go out into the world and that we spread that joy to everyone that we meet. Because guess what, my friends? We are God's confetti. We are God's emergency confetti to be spread through all the world, to show the world that something glorious has happened in our hearts, in our church, in our world. Because we have a God who loves us that much. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.